she said, Dear, come from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today, we have former NHL player Mike Kennedy. Thanks for coming on, Mike. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I guess first things first, Mike, like what did sports look like for you growing up? Oh, I was one of those kids that was addicted to every sport. I had to be the best at everything. Uh, every gym class was a total competition. Every recess, I came in sweating. Uh, you know, full drips, hang out and by the fountain, drink about two gallons of water before class began. So that was uh, my upbringing. And uh, I I just loved everything to do with all sports. I guess, Mike, like what sports did you play growing up? So, you know, for me, hockey was, you know, right at the beginning. Uh, And then, you know, my sub sport of hockey is street hockey. So. I, I think I might hold the Canadian record for the most hours ever played in street hockey. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just the, the usuals of uh, the soccer growing up. And then I was a bit of a cottage kid in Ontario. So from the water skiing, swimming, canoeing, all that kind of stuff for the summer stuff. And then played racket sports a little bit growing up too. So anything to do with a racket and a ball. And uh, a little bit later on, got into golf. It's, you know, we all like to do as an adult now. So. Every every hockey player likes to golf. Yeah, baseball wise, like I did long drive golf after I was done playing pro ball, and like it, it's uh, it's hit or miss for me on the golf course. Like I can hit it far, but it doesn't necessarily translate golfing wise. <laughs> yeah, hitting it far is fun though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, putt for dough, but I'm not playing for dough, so I prefer <laughs> to hit the ball far and putt awful. So I feel better about my round that way. And then, Mike, we kind of connected. Like, I was the former UFC head coach, and you were coaching the hockey team. Um, I remember, you know, you kind of mentioned big baseball fan. Like, kind of where did that all come about? Well, baseball, you know, obviously growing up in Toronto, Blue Jays fan back, you know, in the days, uh, Dave Steve and Jimmy Key and stuff, Tom Hankey. So those yeah. guys kind of putting the, the Jays on the map. And then for me, I was always, you know, in the teenage years looking at the batting averages and it was always great with George Bell at the top and, you know, uh, Barfield not far behind. So the, those great Jays teams kind of really made you follow along and even listen along sometimes. And so I always loved baseball, but, you know, the interference for me growing up was that cottage didn't really allow you to play organized baseball. So uh, just always been a fan and course you know i think we chatted earlier about uh how different vastly different baseball is from hockey so just uh i like the different pace of the sport yeah it's definitely a little more slower (laughs) as a fan you kind of have to appreciate that right i mean it's it's good and bad right but it's definitely a little more I mean, that's where I always kind of, it took me a while to get there, but it is a game of failure. And and don't get me wrong, I'm sure hockey is too, and we can touch on that. But like definitely baseball, like as a hitter, if you're batting 300, you're a good hitter and you're a Hall of Fame hitter, but you're actually failing 70% of the time. 
Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, vice versa, the pitcher, you know, so he's failing when you're hitting. So <laughs> someone's fa- someone's failing all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't mind that. And we're trying to encourage the sport of hockey to embrace failure more and to try more interesting things more often. And does it always lead to a victory on the ice? No, because trying things is difficult for hockey, but uh, trying to at least get the coaches to understand that while this might not be the lowest risk play, he tried something difficult, failed, it ended up in your net, and you're like, okay, well, <clears throat> let's just learn from that and try again. And then didn't necessarily play growing up, though, Mike? Well, I played uh, one year of baseball. I went to Notre Dame in grade 12, Saskatchewan there for high school. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously went there to focus on hockey, but then kind of strangely found out, well, hockey doesn't begin till the middle of October. I'm like, what? And so uh, we play a little baseball to begin the year and uh, found myself making the team. I don't know if it's because, you know, only 12 guys tried out for the team, which likely <laughs> it was. But uh, yeah, and you know, from the hitting and throw, or sorry, for the throwing and catching part, no problem. But I think they quickly found out this guy doesn't know much about baseball when they saw me swing at a pitch about 10 seconds before it arrived at the plate. <laughs> so uh, got a couple foul balls, though. That, that, was a, that was a big one. I think I walked once. So that was my high school baseball career. And uh, I won significant play. They stuck me in right field probably because they thought no balls would be hit out that way. And of course, one fly ball come towards me. I ran in about three steps and said, "Uh oh, so of course it goes over my head and to the, the uh, fence and I grabbed it and I threw the ball one bounced it into third base. The guy grabbed it and caught the guy at third for no triple. And then I was very proud of myself and, uh, come back to the dugout and everyone's yelling at me. I missed the cutoff. Man. So, yeah. That's baseball. Showing it off. <laughs> there you go. And then you kind of mentioned we were chatting last night, like you got to take batting practice at the Rogers center. Yeah, I did. Actually. Uh, one of my friends uh, is connected with the Jays there. Plus I knew the VP of ticket sales and uh, yeah, I got to go hit some balls before either team really got there. Uh, but a lot of fun. And, was able to swat two out of the park, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, not an easy feat, even if it's just in batting practice. Well, it's a little easier when the <laughs> coach is pitching them perfectly for you and the right speed and basically putting it right on your bat. So it helps. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did feel good. And <clears throat> it felt good just to um, have enough pitches in there where you actually said, okay, I'm done. You know, sometimes you get in there for five pitches and you know, you wish you would have had a lot more. I was lucky enough to get in there for you know, almost 10 minutes. And then kind of during your career, Mike, and even still, like, do you get to go to many MLB games? Well, I do. I, I'm a fan of it. I think, um, you know, people have bucket lists and things, but I friendly competitions with uh, my pals back home about how many ballparks we've been to. And I could probably count up at least 12 MLB parks I've attended. And it might be even more than that. <clears throat> but what, like, I love the game primarily, too. You go with some friends, you get the beer and the peanuts, you can talk, you have a good time, you hear the bat hit the ball, you stop talking, you look out on the field, you see what happened, and then you keep eating beers and, or eating peanuts and drinking beers. I mean, the complete opposite of a hockey game where I don't feel like I can talk to anyone while the play is going on. So I, I enjoy that. And 
If it's a daytime game with some sunshine, even better. What would be your favorite stadium that you've been to, Mike? Uh, for sure, Wrigley Field. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love Wrigleyville. Uh, just, just the whole thing was just pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, Boston, I like too. I mean, there's lots of great ballparks, but I think those old ones with all that, uh, history there kind of adds to the, uh, wow factor for me. I've only been to one game at each of those and completely love both, uh, both times. And then Mike, you coached in Japan. Did you get to go to any pro games in Japan? I did. Absolutely. They're called the Yokohama Bay stars. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was it was obviously great baseball. There was lots of people there. It was kind of COVID time, so it was uh, a bit spread out, and um, it, it it was still a bit strange though, like the way they do things a little differently. Uh, the one thing that drove me nuts is like every time there's a foul ball that's going into the stands, like this like high pitch sound goes off. That's like, I guess, to alert all the fans, like there's a ball flying up in the stands. And then it goes off, obviously, when the ball, you know, is retrieved. But then a staff member comes racing up to grab the ball from the fans. So like, huh. Well, you don't that's, get to that's keep a little it. different. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to keep it. So at any rate, that that was uh a little different. And the only other thing that was kind of irritating is I went to go back for a second game. And, uh, you know, you get to the ticket counter and I want to purchase the ticket and she's like, oh, sorry, uh, sold out. And I'm like, well, I know it's not sold out. Like it's not even close to being sold out. So she's like, sorry, we can't sell you a ticket. And I'm like, what's going on? But basically because of COVID, they would only uh, allow season ticket holders into the game. So I spent an afternoon trying to get to the game, got to the game, parked, and then gets the stadium found out oh can't actually get in so, thank you for letting me know earlier and then they have like all their chants and stuff for every player right or their thunder sticks and all that yeah they do they they're uh they're constantly chanting and i i you know that's very common also when i played hockey in europe in germany okay. the fans are they're loving the chants and as players, we love it too. I mean, there's no need for, you know, the music to be playing half the time. They're singing and chanting and yeah, there's quite a bit of that going on in the baseball games as well, which I, I think is a, a big plus and I added to the experience for sure. Yeah. And I saw you kind of played over in Europe um, and I'm kind of more familiar with European baseball. I used to play on the British national team and I played professionally in France and Germany Um did you get to maybe see any, how did baseball look like for in Europe for yourself? Do you know, strangely, um, I don't know if like, the seasons overlapped enough. We, we in Germany saw a few uh, football, you know, soccer matches. Okay. But I didn't go to one single baseball game. And I don't know if the Germany is the, the reason if they don't have enough baseball there. But yeah, I got zero European baseball experiences. Yeah, actually, uh, I think it starts tomorrow. It'll be like the World Baseball Classic qualifiers actually in Regensburg, Germany. So like oh, there's, cool. there's there's definitely a small market. Like I played in Mannheim and it was kind of, oh. you know, it's one of the top baseball cities in Germany and definitely yeah. not going to be, it's not going to beat soccer or even hockey, right? But it is, it's growing. 
Yeah, I played in Mannheim as well for two years. It was a oh. great town. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I remember even uh, riding my bike by the hockey arena. It was this big mass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. I, I don't know why I never got to a game, but uh, obviously, if someone would have invited me, I would have gone. And then, Mike, like this is sidearm nation. Like, is there any kind of sidearm submarine pitchers that maybe stand out for you? Not really. I mean, like, sorry, as a fan of the game, Eckersley was the guy that I thought yeah. was the most impressive guy. And, yeah. you know, at sidearm or otherwise, I think he was impressive. So, yeah. I, and I think it's cool to see Simber, you know, pitching that way. And I kind of just uh, resonate a little bit with, like, there's not one way to play any sport. And, no. you know, like, someone's going to teach you how to shoot the puck or whatever. And I go, yeah, well, you take a little bit of that and you take a little bit of this and you know, form your own way to do it. And we're just going to give you what's worked for the majority of people. And when somebody has a bit of a different twist on it, I'm okay with it. I, I think that's uh, cool. And unless it seems to be like, it's not working for them, then we'll try to break things down and help them a little bit more. But if you can get that uh, delivery to work for you, why not? I think it's super cool. Yeah, and that's where, like, as much as the game is going about velocity, and I, I get it, but, like, there's always going to be, like, that need for a guy like Adam Simber just to be funky and mess up the hitter's timing, for sure. Yeah, 100%. I've, uh, I've always wished I could see, and I know there's someone that was doing this. Can you throw with both arms? Oh, like, how, yeah. how, do you stand, yep. how do you stand there and chuck it with the left or the right? In the pit? But don't you have to tell them now yet? You're going as a righty or a lefty? Yeah, Pat Vendetti, he kind of created yeah. that rule. And yeah. he had to basically say what he was throwing with before he threw Yeah, I think that's a little silly. I'd love to, to decide every time. <laughs> and then I guess, Mike, like just, you know, you like the big thing for me too, like we have guests on this show. Like I, I'm a big fan. Like I played indie ball and guys that made it to independent ball or made it to the bigs out of independent ball. But yourself, mm -hmm. like, you made it to the NHL. You know, and you started like out at the University of British Columbia. So could you talk to us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, sure. Like, well, there's always the late bloomers. And, you know, I, I don't give up on kids that are late bloomers, but that they have to show enough addiction to the sport. Uh, so some people will say, you know, well, my son's, you know, getting bigger, larger, whatever. But does he drag you up at 6 a.m. to go to the rink or go to the gym or whatever? And that was me. I, I, I was just super addicted to the sport. And uh, when I got to UBC as an 18-year-old, I was uh, basically kind of thinking that hockey might be done for me. And I wasn't really sure. Even though I was, you know, addicted to it, I kind of had to think about what was next. And getting my degree was the next thing on my plate. And when I tried out for the team there, I didn't really have any uh, set goals other than just perform at training camp. And in the CIS or youth sport now, the kind of teams are comprised of 20 to 24-year-olds or even 21 to 25. So I was an 18-year-old, a skinny. And I got in there and uh, did well enough to make the team and almost lead the team in scoring. So, you know, just don't give up on your dreams to all these kids. If you put in the work, you can surprise yourself and surprise a lot of other people too. And then kind of after playing Mike kind of got into coaching and like, what are your thoughts? You know, we talked about a little bit before, like just kind of being like a multi-sport athlete and kind of, I know everyone's got different thoughts on that. Yeah. I think like multi-sport is, 
it's a little bit of a weird word because we're talking about like you have to play like I played a lot of baseball growing up but never with an umpire and uh, gotcha. uh so I played outside with my friends you know 500 up was non-stop you know we call stolen bases just running back and forth and you know that kind of thing so does that mean I was multi-sport baseball but because I didn't play in a league or anything and so I think it's like great to play other things but I'm as you get older and you start to concentrate on your sport, I have no problem with, you know, tweaking that back, leaning it back. And I think as soon as you hit 13, that's probably the right age these days to start looking at what your favorite thing to do is and start to concentrate more on that. And, uh, I, uh, I understand, you know, why multi-sport hockey Canada, probably even baseball Canada, like they believe in multi-sport, because the vast majority of all of us, let's call it 99%, I don't know what the exact number is, aren't going to the MLBs or aren't even getting a Division One scholarship. So, you know, don't playing all these, stop playing all these other sports that are fun in your life. And so I get that. But for those kids that have the addiction, that they really want to put in the time into their primary sport, I got absolutely no problem for kids, uh, you know, shying away from playing other things and concentrating on their main sport. Well, and I guess too, like my, you kind of touched on it. Like if you kind of know like that it's your sport and you kind of stand out probably a little bit different than if you're just kind of maybe middle of the pack and still trying to figure out what your sport is. hundred percent. So for all those kids, I would encourage them to keep doing everything. And, and, uh, there's no question that like water skiing, you know, I was a really good, uh, water skier. I guess I did a couple of provincial championships in Ontario and, when I'm 18 years old, I'm doing this grip test at UBC. Just got drafted by the Minnesota North Stars uh, in the fifth round. And they put me through all the tests to see where I, I was. And the, the guy put the little thing in my hand where I have to do the grip test. And uh, he comes back to me five minutes later. Oh, sorry. We messed this test up. And uh, you'll have to do it again. So I did it again. And they came back scratching their heads. And they're like, uh like we measured your grip strength against the Vancouver Canucks. And here you are like an 18 year old, 162 pounds. <laughs> How come you have such good grip strength? And I said, well, I water skied my whole life. And that's pretty much all that thing is, is total grip strength. And, and they're like, Oh, okay. So you know, how do those things help your, your hockey and your shot and all these other things you might be doing in your life that can help your main sport. I mean, yeah. If that's the, if that's what happens because you play other sports, that's the got to be a bonus for wanting to play them and continuing to do things. And I think like tennis for me helped my hand-eye coordination. So I still like to play tennis. I still like to play ping pong. Lots of hockey dress rooms have ping pong tables. So absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, why, why would we just want to play one sport? I would say just maybe if you're talking about to parents, register kids in sports is different than playing them all. True. And and kind of like you said, like you might be doing something you don't even know it's helping your, your sport. Right. And just kind of naturally fits in. hundred percent. And I guess Mike, like, is there any kind of like from all the games that you've gone to, is there maybe, is there anything that just like a moment that kind of stands out for you? Oh, that's a good question. I'd have to think about that more. Um, no, I can't think of something off the top, top of my head. Not lucky to witness like a no hitter. <laughs> no, <clears throat> no. 
<laughs> oh, and uh, I mean, I guess locally too, Mike. Like, have you been to any uh, Okotoks Dogs games or? I haven't, but I wanted to this summer. Didn't make it. Seen a few of the UFC team games though. Yeah, and nice. um, always kind of follow along that that group, all the university kids, and yeah. that program's growing. So, like to support that uh, growth in any uh, program, and uh, I think the are they trying to get into a youth sport level at UFC baseball? Uh, uh, yes, and, and no. Like I, as much as it's kind of like. I mean, it's varsity slash club. I mean, as yeah. much as they're, it's kind of that CCBC conference. It'll always kind of be that conference, I think. I know maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they were talking about maybe trying to go NAIA, but it's just from a cost standpoint. Yeah. And realistically, like you're probably joining like a North Dakota conference, which at the same time, the CCBC is probably just as good. Oh, there you go. So. And then, Mike, it's just time for our ninth inning call to the bullpen. So just going to be some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. All right. Fire away. <laughs> Favorite MLB team? <laughs> oh, Blue Jays for sure. <laughs> or slash, like, favorite player of all time? Jesse Barfield. Okay. Yeah. Favorite travel destination? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. I like to fish down there, so I got good connections with Captain Jack. <laughs> He's from Montreal, has an awesome boat. So every time I go to Fort Lauderdale, we kill it on the ocean. All-time favorite professional wrestler? Uh, that's a good one. I got There's so many jump to mind. Favorite one, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Yep. Favorite baseball movie of all time? Baseball movie, eh? Well, probably Major League. Yeah, boring answer, but <laughs> it's a good one. And Mike, if you could golf or have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would you like to go? <laughs> dead or alive, eh? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, probably have to have Wayne Gretzky there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Baseball. Maybe uh, Dave, Steve, and then uh, let's think about one more, and Donald Trump. Would you want it to be golf or dinner? Golf. Yeah. 100%. Let's get out there and compete. (laughs) Any particular course? Uh, Yeah, well, there's my favorite course back in Ontario, Big Win Island. Okay. So, yeah, I would always like to introduce someone to a course that I know better than they do. So, how's that? <laughs> and then lastly, Mike, if you could do any other sport, maybe, you know, not hockey, not baseball, in the summer or winter Olympics, what sport would you like to try? Oh, if I could be top in the world, I'd like to be the tennis player. Tennis? Nice. Yeah, I just like, you know, traveling around and your little entourage with you, visit all these cool cities. You know, c- compete, train, get out of there, go do it all again. And uh, I just like the one-on-one part of tennis where golf, of course, you're competing against the entire field. Yeah. And then uh, you got no one to blame in tennis, right? So a little bit different than hockey is always a goaltender or a defenseman you can blame. So. <laughs> it's true. And, you can't and, really blame anyone. 
And that's what I find cool about baseball, though, is like, you know, there is always in a team sport someone to blame. And, you know, that that's another thing that I like about baseball that, you know, you have to be able to overcome that yourself. And when you drop a ball or hit hit a batter or whatever, it's all you. So yeah. it's, it's glaring. In hockey, we can compensate for a mistake. We backjack. We try better. We hope they pray they don't score on that one. Thank God they didn't score, you know. <laughs> baseball is way worse man something bad happens if you make an error yeah it kind of stands out a little bit yeah <laughs> for sure no i appreciate you coming on mike is there any shout outs before we sign off yeah really I, I appreciate you asking me and i know you know as a baseball show and a hockey guy i appreciate that you know you can go across both uh fields there and have a guy like me on the show so shout out to you for doing that and I uh, appreciate uh, having me on. She said, Decompile and down under. Where women glow and men thunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Yeah. You better run. Better take cover